0: 101st episode of Popcorn Optional, a weekly movies podcast where we talk all things movies. And tonight we are reviewing the 2019 Lion King, the CGI live action animated, whatever you want to call it, remake of the classic 1990s animated film. And, uh, I'm excited to talk about it. I'm a little bit nervous, but, uh, yeah, Jake, uh, where, where are you at? You, you ready to talk about this? I feel like we've been hyping it up for such a long time, it looked amazing, and then we saw it. And- well, I mean,
1: in honor of the 101st episode, I thought we were watching the live action remake of 101 Dalmatians, mm, the 1996 classic. So, that's my oh, bad.
0: Sorry, guys.
1: Um, it is funny to think that that's actually like the original live action remake, I guess.
0: Yeah. That's what kicked it off. We have (laughs) that to blame for all of the bad ones. But then, I guess, for all the good ones, we have Jungle Book.
1: Yeah. Disney just put that feeler out there like 20 years ago, and then they were like, oh, yeah, remember when we did that? We should keep doing that.
0: Man, I had totally forgotten about that. (laughs) This is blowing my mind right now. (laughs) And now they're about to remake that. Yeah, again. With Emma Stone. Why not? Whatever, Disney, get it together.
1: Money, man, it's, it's all about that money.
0: I know, I know, and I know that they're making the bukuest of bucks. Oh, but dude, so much money! It's one of those things where I'm just like, you know, the principle of like uh, two for you, one for me type thing. Like, I'll do two jobs for you, you like one for myself type of thing. With like a creative, yeah,
1: yeah. Disney doesn't um, do that.
0: Yeah, Disney is like, I'm gonna do 25 remakes and then. Mm, Maybe one original, but it's a Pixar film.
1: And that's like Which only next year. We haven't had a Pixar original in a long time. I mean Coco, but Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, <laughs> Disney. And they are the largest there was something that I saw the other day of like of the movies at the box office, they had like three of the top films currently at the box office, as well as like all five of the top highest grossing films of the year so far.
1: Well, I mean, so, we, we are soon to be like Amazon Prime Disney citizens. That's, that's. Yes. Welcome to, this is America in the words of Childish Campino.
0: Sounding like a bunch of idiots right now. So let's do other things where we sound like idiots and let's talk about Comic-Con. Oh yeah. Where Marvel just, you know, walked in and <clears throat> I feel like Marvel made Comic-Con into the modern version of what it is today or what people think of Comic-Con as today. Um, and then they kind of stopped going, and then other studios were like, "Oh, Marvel's not there." Okay. At first, it seemed like, "Hey, this is a great opportunity for us to shine," and then everybody was like, "Oh, Marvel's not there," so not as many people go, and so blah blah blah. And then you know, I feel like it kind of fell off, and then Marvel's like, "Oh, we're coming back," and uh, when we're there, we're gonna just drop bombs. It, we're not going to wait to D23. <laughs> we're just going to, you know, drop bombs at Comic-Con classic style like we used to. It and honestly drop it, bombs. it
1: just felt like Marvel Con, honestly. Like I was looking at yes. the top news from Comic-Con and like there was nothing besides Comic-Con stuff.
0: There were the three trailers we talked about last week, and then there was like the Snowpiercer, there was some Star Trek stuff the Witcher trailer which I'll give it to them looks great. Yeah. Outside of that, I could not tell you another thing that of uh, The Walking Dead, apparently there's a movie coming out in theaters. But other than those things, I could not tell you another thing that happened there.
1: Yeah, like out of out of all of those, really the only thing to me that is interesting is the witcher trailer because i've played the games and i know that the series isn't based on the games and it's based on the books but the games are based on the books and i've i've read one of the books and it's a fascinating world fascinating character it basically feels like netflix trying to be like oh game of thrones made hbo a lot of money and it's off the air now what if we did game of thrones because the witcher has all of the elements of game of thrones um but everything else just like really Snowpier- Snowpiercer snow piercer tv show eh whatever like Oh, Patrick Stewart's back for Star Trek. I'm not a big Star Trek fan, so, like, whatever. Everything else is just Marvel. That's really it.
0: Yeah. And it's not like what Marvel dropped was uninteresting. No. I was freaking out Dude. the entire time. Like, this is incredible what they're doing. They, I think like, they, they, have, announced... they
1: have seven projects, I think, coming out in 2021 currently.
0: Yes, seven projects. Ridiculous. In Ridiculous. Not all those are movies, but seven projects. I mean, one every other month more so? Yeah. Goodness. Okay, so it's going to come to a point. This is this is what I worry. Not that it's not already there. It's going to come to a point where it's like if you miss one thing or like you're going to have to keep up with so many different things that it's going to be like it's going to be so hard to get a grasp on what's going on with the universe unless you're the most... Hardcore fans, so I think that's their biggest obstacle is how do we, you know, continue not that it's a good thing, but how do we continue to conquer while still making it accessible for people who aren't super fans but interesting for people who are super fans? I don't know, I feel because the TV shows are going to tie in directly, yeah. like WandaVision will tie directly into Doctor Strange in the Madness and the Mult- or Multiverse of Madness, and then Wanda. Uh, will be in she'll be like almost like how hulk was in thor she'll be in uh doctor strange
1: interesting i mean i think the the good thing now is like after endgame it honestly just feels like a giant reset and i think even people that haven't watched marvel films are aware of that because like i know one person who's never watched a marvel movie i still don't know how that's possible And I was talking to her recently Mm. and she was like, I mean, I know what happens. She's like, I know that spoilers. She's like, I know that Tony Stark died in the last one and Spider-Man's back. And he's like kind of in charge. Like it's such a part of our, our zeitgeist, our culture that if you know someone who's watched them, you know, generally what's going on because it has become just so ingrained in society and culture today. And like, and people love it so much. And so I feel like this is a good chance for Marvel to almost open the doors and just be like, come on in, everybody. It doesn't matter that you haven't seen everything. Like, start over right right now. It's fine. It's fine. Come on
0: in. What's weird to me, though, is I guess in some ways, well, maybe it feels like they are doing it in some ways, you know, because Endgame ends. That's their, like, big Infinity Saga end to their thing. And to me, it's almost like, okay, now let's get – really deep like you've done your main stuff let's get to the weird
1: oh yeah they're getting weird on these next
0: ones yeah i mean we so let's let's talk let's talk projects so 2020 we have black widow and eternals coming out in theaters and then on disney plus is the falcon and the winter soldier and within that you have baron zemo played by uh daniel brule coming back and he is wearing his famous purple mask from the trailer, or I mean from the comics. So that's cool. Uh, Black Widow sounds fun. I'll be curious to see how they weave it in with what happened with her character at the end of Endgame. Not the end, through Endgame. Uh, That'll that'll be an interesting thing. But Eternal sounds nuts.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm most excited for What If? Because that comic book series is literally just like Let's just throw stuff at the wall and see what happens. And the fact that they're putting yeah. that in to film form of like what if Spider-Man joined the Fantastic 4 or what if what if Spider-Man was the Punisher? Like just crazy concepts like that that you can explore and it it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with that. Also, I think it's animated. Yeah, and the fact it's animated? It is animated. Oh, so yep. excited for Marvel to branch back into the animated world.
0: Yep. And then, you know, you have things like uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings with Tony Lu actually playing, Tony Lung actually playing the Mandarin, the real Mandarin, not the Ben Kingsley, Trevor Slattery Mandarin. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, WandaVision and Loki, it's like, okay, because it's Marvel, I'm interested, but those are kind of, those feel to me like less interesting titles. Mm-hmm. Uh the one of the ones that seems the most interesting to me is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which they have said is a straight up horror film.
1: Oh, can't wait for that. I, I like I feel like once every other year Marvel ventures into these other genres and with, the only one that they really haven't gone into yet is horror and so I'm I'm super excited for them going that direction. It makes sense for Doctor Strange to be the horror uh like vehicle to go into that world just because of the multi dimensionness. we've already had some like crazy visuals in his world. Super excited about it. I think as I think about it more, though, the one I'm most excited about is the Hawkeye film because it is uh, very based on the recent run of Hawkeye comics with Katie Bishop, and those are some of the best graphic novels out currently, in my opinion. Trevor's the graphic novel guy on the podcast, but... I have read those. They are fantastic. And I'm really excited to see that those are getting made. And also Jeremy Renner's finally going to get the credit that he deserves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And supposedly the Hawkeye one will also explore his time as Ronin. Ooh. When, like, uh, in between the snap and the blip or whatever it's called.
1: Yeah. Can't wait.
0: So Thor and Love and Thunder is uh,
1: maybe the best logo ever. The most ever. interesting
0: one to me yes natalie portman It looks like a he-man title
1: it does natalie portman becoming female thor like she deserves it man she got a raw deal in the marvel universe out of anybody she got the worst deal i feel like
0: supposedly because for the longest time she was like i would i will never work with marvel again they would have to i think that she literally used the phrase they would have to back up a truck into my parking lot and (laughs) you know dump dump money in apparently she signed her deal six months ago and they've just kept it under wraps ever since wow man and it must be a buku deal because supposedly it's for six pictures that's awesome which is like the typical marvel deal i
1: feel like man i just respect how good of a job marvel does at keeping secrets like Mm -hmm. it used to be like You never knew what the Apple iPhone was going to look like until Steve Jobs got on stage and unveiled. Now it's like we know a year in advance. Like That's exactly what it looks like. Those are all the specs. The keynote's just a formality. Marvel, I feel like Marvel and Christopher Nolan are the only people that can surprise us anymore.
0: I feel like J.J. tries to do it, but because he's so notorious for trying to do it, people then work even harder to spoil it. And somehow it, it it never feels like that whole mystery box thing that he's right. known for. It ever really gets to be unpacked, yeah. in the theater. Uh, we expect it which, so which much that we're let
1: down by what he actually delivers because it's been so hyped. Exactly. Up. Whereas Marvel yeah. now we're just like, dude, I trust you. Like I'm not even going to speculate. I just you just deliver and just do it, and everybody's right. happy.
0: Right, and I don't feel like there's a whole lot of spoilers that get out, and maybe. Maybe some of that is surprises like Iron Man Three, where people were like, nobody had an idea about how they handled the Mandarin in that movie, and that was one of like, at least for me. While the movie, you know, is, is has cooled a little bit for me, that's one of my favorite like in theater moments of my life. Oh yeah, is like that moment, which is you know, I think there's something to be said. But man, Thor: Love and Thunder, excited for that one. And then on top of all of that, you know. They bring Mahershala Ali out and they're like, oh, <laughs> by the way, he's Blade. He called us a couple months ago and was like, I want to play Blade. And they were like, Academy Award winner Mahershala Ali? Yeah. No, no, you, what do you want to do? Yep. You do that. You do that. You play Blade. It's just That's,
1: yep. so cool that they're like, if you think back like 10 years ago, Marvel Studios having Academy Award winner actors approaching them with concepts like you you would be yeah. like no there's no way that's never going to happen and that this is like the dream scenario for Marvel they're the biggest player out there they're going to have everybody coming to them wanting to get that Marvel cash and that like i don't know you you look at the people that that kind of two for you one for me thing you look at people like Tom Holland and Christopher Hemsworth and like they're they're doing projects on the side that they're passionate about and want to do that they probably wouldn't be able to like afford doing if it wasn't for something like these Marvel films and a Mahershala right. Ali led blade is going to be awesome because his character was really one of the only interesting things of Alita battle angel. And I feel like that's kind of mm-hmm. like, kind,
0: like his character uh, in Alita battle angel was blade.
1: Yeah, like exactly. And that's kind of the world that that I feel like blade's going to be in a little bit like loosely, you know what I'm trying to say, but that, okay. that got me excited thinking about man, Dude, that, a Mahershala Ali blade, that could be awesome. And it has to be rated yeah, you R. Have, like, it has to be.
0: I'll be curious. I'm really, I'm really interested to see how Marvel handles all of that, and especially with, you know, now they own Fox properties. So what do they do with Deadpool? Yeah. Which is one of the most com- commercially successful franchises out there right now. Like, do you just drop that, or do you go, okay, let's keep developing that and let, let it be what it is, I don't know. I mean, so on top of that, that's Phase 4, everything we just talked about, minus Blade. Then Kevin Feige came out and said, you know, we, have, we didn't have time to announce them. We have plans for all of Phase 5. Phase 5 is completely planned out, uh, including Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Fantastic Four, and in his words, mutants. <laughs> he didn't say X-Men, which is interesting. And... So, I mean, you have to assume that... And then on top of that, Spider-Man 3, I think, made over a billion dollars. So, I think Marvel gets to keep it. That was the deal in the Sony thing, was if the film made more than a billion dollars worldwide, Marvel could keep using the character. So, hopefully it did. Thank God. I mean, so you have to think... Yeah. You have to think that keeps happening. So, they've already got Phase 5 planned out starting in 2022. They haven't announced another Avengers film, which I f- don't know if Phase 4, from what I have read online, it doesn't seem like Phase 4 will have an Avengers film. Hmm. It feels like Phase 4 will, you know, end, it feels like Phase 4 is more, almost like more of like a, let's reintroduce things, get like, res- reset the world, yeah. and then go into Phase 5 and probably do, you know, secret, uh, what's it called, Secret Wars? Yeah, Secret Wars. Movie? It's just so. it's
1: just so funny to me to like Marvel is at the point where they can be like you know we've got the next five years planned out but the first three years have so much information we're not even gonna give you the last two years of that five years like yeah. do you know how much Warner Brothers and DC would pay to be able to say that right now like billions of dollars that's worth billion it came out today that Disney paid. Four billion for Marvel and they've currently made over eighteen billion dollars off of the films. It
0: That's just films. Dude. That's not including comics or merchandising. It's crazy. Or anything else.
1: Like Bob Iger, not a nice person. And and I think that he he probably should not be paid as much as he is and like, you know, pay your employees a little bit better. But dude, that it that is a CEO move right there. Well done, Bob Iger. I mean, he's just running
0: Hollywood right now. As frustrated as, like, we are about it because it's making movies more disney Gen-
1: general, Like, general, generic, boring.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's one of those things where I'm like, hats off to you guys for doing what you're doing. Because, for the most part, what, they, what they're making is good. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll be curious at what point it starts to turn. I think as long as they can kind of keep staying ahead of the ball... And keep things you know like let's throw in a horror film let's change things up and add tv shows let's get weird with what if like i think as long as they can keep doing stuff like that they'll retain audiences um i'll be curious at what point they start losing people though
1: i mean i think as, lo- as long as they have sarah finn as the casting director in marvel i trust man they haven't made a bad decision yet Obviously, some of the films aren't as good as other ones, but like, just from a basic film storytelling perspective, they haven't made a bad movie yet. Like Captain right. Marvel, I think is maybe the best or maybe the worst film in the series of of Marvel films, but it's of all the
0: series of the whole series,
1: maybe. Man, it is not Oof. it's not very good in my opinion. But like, that's rough. I didn't know
0: you disliked it that much.
1: I'm just I'm just thinking off the top. Of my, I haven't watched Thor the Dark right. World in
0: a long time.
1: But like I would I think, rather I think
0: you'd have your money money <laughs> okay. right there. All right, all
1: right. But I would rather watch either of those multiple times before sitting down to watch Justice League, Batman versus Superman, Fantastic 4, like Amazing Spider-Man 2, Transformers, any other big blockbuster Hollywood franchise film that's out there right now. So You know, it's good for them, man. Good for them.
0: What I hope this does is cause. I've been saying this all along, and they haven't, like, studios haven't done it. And so maybe I'm being too much of an optimist. What I hope this does is create other studios to go, look, we can't play their game. We have to do our own thing. Let's go back to how we were doing it and just make good movies. Don't worry about a franchise. Don't worry about adaptions reboots legacy sequels whatever just make good movies and if you make good movies people are going to show up and see them and i think that's shown in things like us where it's like original movie doesn't have any sort of you know ip that it's pulling from and it's a very very successful movie like give us i would rather a movie like us come out and be garbage than a movie like some marvel movie come out and just be mediocre and make billions of dollars like that's keep pushing the envelope and keep you know giving us new things
1: yeah it's a business though man and
0: it is i can i get that yeah it's you got mouths to feed yeah a lot of mouths a lot of mouths mouths plural for mouths mouth mooth mouth things
1: I, th- I think it's just mouths
0: okay interesting (laughs) interesting um did you watch jojo rabbit trailer today while we're on marvel and taika
1: oh i did and taika waititi is the ultimate example (laughs) of uh one for you two for me
0: (laughs) yeah oh goodness man that's that quickly jumped up my list of like movies that i'm just like i'm intrigued by you
1: he might Hi. be my, one of my favorite directors working
0: right now, man.
1: There's really? just there's just nobody that compares to what he's doing.
0: Mm-hmm. He, is his very, he is his own thing. I think it just like, you know, I would say much like how when you watch a Christopher Nolan film or an Edgar Wright film or Wes Anderson, I think quickly it's starting to become a like, oh, that's a Taika Waititi film, mm-hmm. just by the sense of comedy of how he does jokes. Mm-hmm. So, hats off to you. Um, bummer that the Akira movie isn't going to happen or is old, but happy that it means Thor is freed up. Man, that's weird. I hadn't thought about that because Akira got canceled like two weeks ago. I wonder if the plan was always to do Thor, but like they had a different film slotted for there.
1: Was Akira a Fox thing, and then Disney canned it? Is that what happened?
0: I don't, I don't think so. I thought it was Warner Brothers. Uh, I don't know. Um, But I mean, like, here's the here's the other thing. You've got like, okay, Guardians three already has a director and writer, James Gunn. The script's complete. James Gunn has completed the script. They're using that one. Um, Black Panther two has a writer and director, Ryan Coogler. I think he's trying to shoot something before he shoots Black Panther two. And then you have to imagine that the directors of Captain Marvel are coming back. Um, so, hmm. Yep, interesting times for Marvel. Um, <laughs> let's keep talking Disney, though. <laughs> I want to remind you, you know, official podcast of all things Disney. Disney, if you want to send us on vacations to your resorts, bring us to premieres, we are happy to get them bucks. And... Uh, Yeah, we will gladly just be completely biased and say that your films are incredible. (laughs) Hold on. that's what it takes. Because we're about to poop
1: all over this Disney movie.
0: Oh, we are? I am. Oh, we are? I am. Don't (laughs) worry. I'm there with you. Um, Yeah, unfortunately, we are now at a point where we need to talk Lion King. I tried putting it off, uh, and to my best attempts, I only lasted about 20 minutes, so... As much as I try to stall, the inevitable is here, and we have to talk bad about a man who is he a mensch? Is John Favreau a mensch? He should be if he's not. I don't think I feel we like voted Favre's him
1: a in. Mensch. I agree that he probably should be.
0: But Trevor's not here, so we can't vote on it. Trevor's not here, so we can't. That's, that's, but a man who should be a mensch who has done many great projects. Who, if you told me 10 years ago would be one of the best directors working in Hollywood, I would say you are crazy. (laughs) That's the guy who directed Elf and was in Four Christmases and is Happy Hogan. Like, I'm not, I guess he directed Iron Man too. Yeah. And Chef. Chef is great. Super underrated. Chef's great. Made me fall in love with Cuban sandwiches. So hats off to that. I'm gonna okay. So I'm gonna preface my whole review with this. I took Ollie to go see this movie, and while I had taken him to Ollie go see Ollie is your son. Ollie is Just my to son. Clarify. not yes. my puppy. I didn't take like my dog or anything, <laughs> um, or like my friend named Ollie. Ollie is my two and a half year old son, and while he went to go see the Lego Movie Part Two, I think he lasted about twenty minutes and didn't really watch the movie. This was like the first movie, like when I go back and say like, what's the first movie you ever saw in theaters, I will probably Mm. tell him Lion King. Sat through the whole movie, watched the whole thing, loved it, Uh, laughed at parts that maybe he shouldn't have laughed at, but it was adorable, and um, it was honestly one of like, like lifelong dreams of mine. To share that with my son and to take him and do that so
1: that's awesome
0: while i have issues with this movie i think it's going to be hard for me to be as subjective as i normally would strictly because of that experience of getting to share that with him so i'm prefacing that my whole review on this movie with the fact that this is movie going experience wise my favorite movie going experience I've ever had in my entire life. So let's go from there. (laughs) Jake,
1: I'm totally fine with these live action remakes. If they're bringing something new to the table, I feel like the Mulan trailer is a good example of what that can be. Like it feels original. It feels fresh. It feels fun. It's kind of like a new spin on the film. I'm excited about it. Um, I think another key aspect of it is it's it's people. Like it's actually a live action remake. And Mm -hmm. this is basically just like the video game shot for shot remake of Lion King. (laughs) That's what this felt like. There's definitely Just
0: cutscenes from video games.
1: There were some moments in here that were, I think, brilliant. Like there there were some things that really brought something new to the table and I was smiling, I was laughing, I was enjoying it. But I think when you compare this to the original Lion King, it pales in comparison because you lose so much of the humanity, the whimsy, the fun, the theatricalness of it. Uh, You lose that in the photorealism animation. And it it is basically a worse shot-for-shot remake that surprisingly has... Worse music and voice acting performances, except for a couple characters. So Get I never thought I would have said that a childish Gambino slash Donald Glover and Beyonce, Simba and Nala were worse than the originals. Mm. Mm-hmm. But they were.
0: They were, honestly. But they yeah. were.
1: So Um, it's fine. Like, Good. It, Thank it's, you.
0: I'm glad that I wasn't the person that had to yeah. say that. And get the beehive <laughs> sipped on me. I feel the exact same yeah. way. I just wasn't the one that said it first.
1: Yeah, so. the, it's fine. The movie is fine. If you love The Lion King and you want to see it, like go see it. It's a shot-for-shot remake with better graphics. Like that's that's what this is. It. I don't know.
0: Honestly, I think it's, what's interesting yeah. to me is that like there's 22 minutes added to this film, outside of like the opening shot after the title I couldn't tell you where those 22 minutes really come from
1: Dude, this movie felt like to me it felt so rushed the pacing Mm. felt so fast and also at the same time like it made me think less of the original Lion King because in my head I'm like I know this is like a shot for shot script remake of the original Lion King but there's like not much here that's interesting
0: the plot, and what's interesting is, I mean, so it's famously known that this is based on Hamlet. Yeah. What's yeah. weird, though, is for something that's based on Hamlet, which is a very dense, intricate story, it feels very thin. Yeah. Like, plot-wise. It feels just like, all right, so this is going to happen, and then we're going to go here, and this is going to happen, and then we're going to go here, and this is going to happen. so fast. Then we're going to go here, and this is going to happen. And the we end. go from, like, cub
1: Simba to fully grown-up Simba in such a short amount of time but when i think back to it i'm like
0: did you like the end joke on that part though yeah Like, did you feel like that eased some of that
1: Uh, yeah i mean we'll get we'll get to it later but like i feel like billy eichner and seth rogan literally saved this movie for me um Mm. and their characters are fantastic their voice work is fantastic the improv and the characters that that they bring to life and like the you can tell they're having fun. I felt like Beyonce and Donald Glover were just there to get a check. Like that's that's like kind of how it felt to me. Um, you could also tell that like they were not in the room together when they were doing a lot of the voiceover. I'm I'm making some no, assumptions. Here, they have no, chemistry. but yeah, there was very little chemistry. Um, yeah, it, it's just funny because like I th- it feels so rushed, but then I think back to the original animated film, and it's like. That's how they did it in the animated film too. Like there was just a little montage of them walking, yeah. but it felt so much more earned. It felt more human. It felt more real. How okay. Mm-hmm. Did you laugh on the snap zoom back when Simba yells no and Mufasa fells to his death? Cause that Snap Zoom The visuals are so much better here. Like like texture wise detail wise photorealism clearly they are better but so much of the original film is the theatricalness of it that you can only do in original animation style and stuff like snap mm-hmm. zooms and stuff work in that and don't work in this and okay uh, so
0: here is where i'm going to this is where my like my taking my son to see this kind of comes in So, obviously, a father and son moment, Mufasa and Simba. Seeing this, if you know me, if you've talked to me any bit in my life, you know that I can cry at movies very easily. Cameron's a crier. So, seeing this, I'm a crier (laughs) very easily. I cried out of happiness at the end of The Dark Knight Rises, and I didn't even like that movie. (laughs) That's true. That being said, I like in that moment, I'm tearing up and crying because... It just like, you know, the, like Mufasa and his son and like sitting there with my son, thinking about that of like, oh man, that's a dark thing. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, my son, Ollie, just laughs at like, where'd the lion go? <laughs> and I instantly in that moment, just like, like tried to hold it under my breath, like <laughs> thought it was like the funniest, just like cutest reaction of just like, you know, you see the lion fall and his thoughts just like, oh, where'd the lion go?
1: And you're like, Oh um, yeah, you're two and a half. So, you don't understand the concept of death and how we're all gonna die in the circle of life, and then the antelope eat us in the grass and it's fine.
0: <laughs> so I was really curious how they were gonna handle that because I'm then here sitting, then they start to bring that up in the movie. and I'm kinda like Ollie's pretty with it. But I don't think that like I mean that's a it's a hard it's a big concept for a two and a half year old to get. Yeah. Um so I don't know, like there are definitely parts in this movie where I laughed that I probably shouldn't have. Um, I think like the first time that Donald Glover busts out and it's like his little riff during Hakuna Matata, I was kinda like, oh, uh, okay. Because it just felt I never thought that Donald Glover hadn't like an iconic voice, but hearing him in that role, I couldn't not picture Donald Glover. Yeah. And it felt so yeah. off
1: when he comes through the bushes and he hits that it means no worries i was like that is exactly
0: (laughs) yes and even the beyonce line like you know that once they cast beyonce they rewrote some of those lines especially at the end when they're like girls let's get them i'm like that is a total like queen bee like i was expecting like a little
1: who run the world girls who run to start coming (laughs) yeah (laughs)
0: All of a sudden, they start like dancing, and like the single ladies (laughs) dance. Did the or the surfboard? Did the
1: animation of the faces ever make you feel a little uncomfortable?
0: No, and I think part of that is, um, you know, like uh, so. If if, if anybody out there has seen like an HDR film, um, or what what is like high frame rate HFR um, film it's one of those things where like it bothers you for like the first five minutes and then you get used to it. And so I, after a little bit, I didn't think about it. Like kind of, whenever a new character was introduced and you saw how they handled it, maybe. So like, okay, once Timon and Pumbaa come in and then you're like, okay, how does a meerkat and a warthog, how does that look? I, maybe for like a minute or two, it took me a second, but then it, it didn't bother me as much. I don't know. How was it for you? I'd agree with that.
1: I think, man, I think that with photorealism CGI, it's really hard to do animal characters like having physical expressions and also doing photorealistic CGI because yeah, it, the whole point is like with if you watch The Lion King, the humanity that they bring to the characters through the animation style and the drawings and the characters themselves that like the actual physical embodiment of the characters you can see the humanness in those characters and when you take right. a a CGI photorealistic prairie dog and and make it as goofy as Billy Eichner Billy Eichner gives a fantastic performance, but at the same time, a lot of that I think is lost in the physical performance because the meerkat isn't able to give as much of a silly physical performance as the original hand-animated version does.
0: Yes. Or like, <clears throat> I think Scar is menacing at times in this, but he can't be as like menacing and dramatic As you know, when Jeremy Irons is playing him and like this full on theatric performance, like you can't get that or like the evil in the eyes or something. It's almost like, you know, when back when Spider Man, when Tobey Maguire played him and Andrew Garfield played him, and the eyes were, when he had the costume on, the eyes were locked. Mm -hmm. And then you get Tom Holland and all of a sudden he has this costume where the eyes move and you have, you know, emotions coming through with that. I think it is something similar here in that you're not able to get as much because you don't have those animated eyes. And yeah. so it's just kind of it's this a, like one note, such like, a difference. Right. And while it's, I don't know. Have you seen jungle book, the John Favreau film? I have like not the modern one. No. Okay. So I liked that movie a lot. And that's what gave me a lot of confidence going into this. I don't know why it bothered me so much more here than it did. There, and the only thing I can think of is that that film has a human character that's able to give those emotions.
1: Well, it's, it's not only a human character, but also a human protagonist. Like, that is the right. character that we are being told the story through.
0: Right. That's our window into the world, whereas, like, right. our window here, Simba, I don't... Yeah, it feels weird. It definitely... Something is definitely missing from this to the original. I think it's, I think it's
1: whimsy, dude. Like as silly of a word as it is but like the whimsy of the original film like if you think about two set pieces that musically and thematically are exactly the same but totally different you have for two examples one just can't wait to be king in this film it's all photorealistic out a water hole and of course it's like still a little fun a little goofy the animals are a part of it
0: it's beautiful
1: it's beautiful like the visuals are beautiful but if you if you think back to like the original animated version there's like pyramids of animals it's it's so like broadway musical whimsy theatrical right. and it ends
0: with like them bumping one thing and then like the horn goes into like an elephant's rear right. end and then like the elephant like I mean, and towards this is like Zazu gets swept up in a bunch of birds, and then they're like, oh, yeah. let's sneak away.
1: None of that stuff happens. The, the goofiness, the funness of it. And, and then also, can you feel the love tonight? It takes place during the daytime in this movie, first off. Like, what yeah. the hell?
0: <laughs> That's your I first remember, problem. Like, they started singing it, and I'm just like, um, hold up. Are we about to transition? No. Nope. Or are we keeping it daytime?
1: It's still daytime <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. And there's so many like intimate moments in that, and and like beautiful animation to kind of make it feel once again more whimsical. But in this, it's like a bunch of wide shots of scenery of them running together, and it's like it's just the an. Don't get me wrong, guys. The animation in this film is maybe some of the best CGI I have ever seen. Because this film, this doesn't win best VFX. Oh. This it film doesn't to. win
0: best VFX. It's rigged. It's it's either Clearing this straight.
1: or Avengers Endgame. Like <laughs> Disney's going to no, win no, 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 it no, no, no matter no. what.
0: This is going to win it. There is there should be no competition. Say what you want about the quality of the film, the storytelling, the voice acting, whatever. The visual effects and how this film visually looks is incredible start to finish. Yeah. And like that's nowhere more seen then in that opening shot where the little mouse is just running around through <laughs> like the rocks and everything, at that point in the movie, you know, you get the opening number, the title, and then it's that shot. At that point in the movie, I was like, "This is incredible! I'm hundred percent in on this."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I am thrilled from here to go, from here to the end. And then, you know, one thing happens, another thing happens, <laughs> and then before you know it, you're like, "Oh, so this is where." And I mean, I think that there are definitely some highs in this film. I think that there are moments where this film captures um, the emotions of the original. I think that Mufasa, at least for me, the Mufasa like valley scene of like him trying to save his son was still incredible. And
1: I will say, though, like Mufasa in this film, I was just like, Aslan, why is Liam Neeson not here? Like that's (laughs) I just felt like this is Narnia, Aslan's here. What, What is happening?
0: you know. Neeson's can't do everything. Let's 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 he say can it.
1: only train so many people, guys.
0: Right. I mean, he can't he can't be everywhere. He can't do everything. He can't, you know, he can't be there. But <laughs> you know, in the meantime, I guess that James Earl Jones is pretty good. Yeah, James Earl fine. Jones is he's like, fine. I want I want to know cuz I like okay, first of all, I love James Earl Jones in this movie. He does a great job. He's one of the few not one of the few, he's one of the voice actors that is like incredible. But as the original Mufasa, I wonder how weird this is for him to come back 25 years later, re record his lines, and be like, Huh, that's interesting. Let me just get a dude. I bet check he wasn't for-
1: complaining when that big fat check landed in his mailbox for like two days of no. work.
0: No, two days. Goodness,
1: oh, dude, voice acting. Yeah, I mean, like, I bet... Well, two days, I was saying, was long. Yeah, like, I bet each of these people spent, like, one to two days in the studio, maybe. Donald Glover and Beyonce probably had some more time because they had to sing, but, yeah. good. It's not like
0: they didn't know the songs or had to learn the songs. It's, like, that's a pretty iconic song.
1: I don't know, though. Donald Glover, like, wasn't allowed to watch movies growing up. What? He grew up in, like, a super strict Jehovah's Witness family and would, like, sneak TV at night.
0: Wait, so his character on Community is pretty close to like his actual upbringing? That is
1: his like, real-life character.
0: Oh, okay. Cool, 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 cool. Well, do you think... I mean, the big question that we brought up, and that we bring up around any sort of live-action thing, is do you feel like this film brought anything new to the experience that justified it being made? Um, or was this a pure cash grab?
1: It... Yes and no. It, it feels, in terms of storytelling, it is a pure cash grab. It brings nothing new to the table, and that's really frustrating. But in terms of the technology that's being shown off in this film, it it is in a league of its own of what it's able to do visually, and that makes me excited for like the future of filmmaking in general. But in terms of the future of Lion King or Disney original live-action remakes or whatever, not super excited about them don't really care. They just all kind of feel like cash grabs at this moment. You know, this is also a weird situation in the sense where it's like, it's not a people driven narrative. And so for something like Mulan or like little mermaid, I think could be really interesting. Hunchback of Notre Dame, like that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm more excited about because it is, it is people or people like creatures, AKA mermaids. Like, um, there's something there to to play with and maybe take in a new direction but something like lady and the tramp i don't really care or want to see it honestly
0: yeah and that's disappointing because that's one of the first i think that's a day one title for disney plus (laughs) so you know that is what it is but it's i try and look at this and i try and look at the cast and i try and look at um, everybody that's involved and I, you know, the original obviously has its place in our generation's hearts. I think, you know, m- many of us grew up watching this movie and loving it and I have a lot of respect for John Favreau. I have a lot of respect for pretty much everybody in the cast and they are all master talents. I mean, when you go down the list of, you know, Chiwetel Ejiofor, uh, Alfred Woodard, um, John Oliver, you know, you get to the Beyonce, Donald Glover, James Old Jones, like Billy Ackner, Seth Rogen, all of them are super talented people, people who have perfected their crafts, all great at what they do. It, it, I find it hard to believe that all of them came together and said, like, let's get them checks, when I think that so many of them are very talented people that wanted to pour themselves into it. And I think this is just a case of, you know, Sometimes things just don't work out as good as you intended it to be. It doesn't connect, and I think this is one of those situations, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, because all of those cast members do a good job. Like, right? No, no, it doesn't feel like anybody's really phoning it in. I, I think it mostly comes across in the edit or maybe the script. Yeah. Like some of the lines just like feel like the delivery and the reaction line don't really seem to be like connecting because the characters probably weren't together when they recorded those lines, something like that's kind of feels like what's going on, but everybody's clearly bringing it. Like I, right. I felt the emotion and all the performances, the the singing and like the the music in this film is, it's great. Hans Zimmer does an incredible job. Elton John does a great job of like rescoring the performances by everybody involved. Does a, They do great. It's, it's great, but it just doesn't feel new or like fresh or different or needed. And that's the problem. It, it just, right. it just feels like you said, a quick cash grab. Cause this was probably really easy for everybody to do and didn't bring anything really new to the table, except for one Beyonce song and a montage where Simba runs across the desert,
0: which is unfortunate because I think that this is a movie that we'll look back on a year from now, look at the cast, look at the people involved in it and just go like, how did this not? How is was this not a like home run? I, I think that there I are, haven't
1: thought about it once since leaving the theater besides like putting yep. together quick notes for this
0: episode. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I mean, well, that's not 100% true. I haven't thought about the movie once. I thought about the movie going experience nonstop. And <laughs> you know, Cameron, I,
1: you're such a good dad.
0: I mean, I'm serious. This is like, it's hard. For, it, the critical side of me looks at this and goes, there is something wrong with this movie. And the (laughs) dad in the me who just wants, you know, the best for everybody looks at this and goes, there are external forces where there's no way this film could have been as good as the original. It just couldn't have. I don't think, I think all of these people were, you know, playing with a rigged deck and, and, it's unfortunate because they're all super talented, but I think just between you know what we talked about with the emotions and what you're allowed to get away with theatrically as far as like a performance goes, I just don't think that this could have measured up. And unfortunately, nothing new was added that warranted uh, anything beyond any, anything really instrumental being added to it. And so it's 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 to me it's just an unfortunate situation of good actors good cast good all these different things all coming together for a mediocre result
1: yeah i think that's a great summary of what's going on here
0: are there any so we talked about mulan are there any other like upcoming disney live action animated or live action remakes that you're excited about you hit on hunchback of Notre Dame*. little mermaid uh seems to be getting some traction that could be good yeah, um, basically anything where there's live
1: people in it, I'm intrigued. Cruella, <laughs> I'm really intrigued by like having a talent like Emma Stone take on that kind of character. I think is super interesting as long as they do a good job. Lilo and Stitch, I think could be a lot of fun. Hunchback of Notre Dame scared the crap out of me as a kid, <laughs> um, yeah. and I'm I'm excited to see what they do with it if they if they do it in the tradition of the original film, which was once again like whimsical Broadway musical, like really over the top artistic direction. If you look at like any frame from these movies, you could frame them as a painting. Like there's just such, such deliberate visual storytelling happening in the animation. And they take huge visual risks because they can, because it's animation. You can do things that you can't do in CG or live action. And that makes me a little nervous, honestly. But, um, I don't know. Hopefully little mermaid can do better underwater stuff than Aquaman. Cause that was rough. Um, yeah, I, I was a
0: fan of the first yeah. Maleficent in a, like, that was fun. It. I haven't seen it. It was fun. I think it was fun. I think it came out the same time around about like, uh, Kristen Stewart, Snow White and the Huntsman movie. Yes. it so did. I feel like it gets lumped in with that a little bit. Um, but I think Angelina Jolie does a great part. Elle Fanning's always good. And it was one of those movies I was like, that was a pleasant surprise. I was expecting that to be garbage, and it wasn't. But, hey, that was fun. My my curiosity, and I I will say, like, I was a really big fan of the first Cinderella, or of, like, the uh, live-action Cinderella, which was the first in this line of films that kicked off. I thought that movie added a lot to the story. I thought seeing that, like, actual live-action added so much depth to the characters um, Beauty and the Beast. I had a good time with, but you know, wasn't as good I thought as Cinderella. What's weird is that I'm just thinking about this now. There are two Disney live action movies that came out this year that none of us saw, and I have interest in seeing Aladdin. I have zero interest in seeing Dumbo, but it's like yeah. they both kind of just came and went. Um, yeah. I- you know. Disney kind of seems to be
1: like rushing it a little bit or Mm -hmm. like forcing it. They're kind of doing trying to do like the MCU of the Disney remake almost. (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) guys, take your time. Like they came out with three this year. Nobody wants that. Nobody asked for that. Like, take like one a year max and we're fine.
0: Here here's here's a curiosity I have. How long until they start remaking live action wise Pixar films?
1: I swear to God, if they do that, done, <laughs> donezo. You know how we're I mean, doing you this whole storm area fifty-one thing? No, we're yeah. storming Disney, guys. We're Naruto <laughs> running into Disney. We're taking over. <laughs> if they start remaking Toy Story, I'm, I'm done. I don't, I, I don't
0: know if they do. Two, I, I couldn't. I don't. I don't know if I can see them doing Toy Story. I can see them doing a live-action Monsters Inc. or uh. a live-action Bugs Life.
1: Uh, Okay, so actually, after seeing Lion King, I had the thought because all of the ant animation stuff, I was like, "They're gonna redo Bugs Life." I had that thought Mm -hmm. in the theater. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. They could Uh, very easily redo Wally. No, Um, it's
1: perfect. You, uh, I agree. Like they could the original Lion King is perfect. The original like Wally is perfect. Original Lion King is perfect. You don't stop trying to just make money. Like do something. Do something worth doing.
0: Ah. To go back to your comment that you made earlier, Jake, it is a business.
1: Well, it's like it's late stage capitalism, Cameron. That's the problem. That's (laughs) that's where (laughs) we're at
0: in our society. All right. So, are we going to become an economics podcast?
1: No, I'm just I'm just commenting (laughs) on the state of culture and society.
0: I get it. I I mean, but let's face it: the film made over five hundred million dollars opening weekend worldwide on a 260 million dollar budget. So they're going to make their money back and then some. This is going to break a billion very easily. Probably do around 1.5 triple probably their initial investment if you think that, you know, normally you say two times production is what they spent with advertising. Um what's weird to me is I and I don't know if this is because they don't view this as much as a kids film as maybe parents do. I have seen very little merchandise out for this film.
1: Huh. That's
0: interesting. Like toys wise, shirts, all that kind of stuff. You know, you normally hear a Disney movie come out. There's stuff everywhere. Doesn't seem to matter to them because they made a bunch of money. So, oh well. Um, Let's go ahead and get to our final thoughts and ratings on The Lion King.
1: All right, man. Well, I just... Why... Why? That's my final thought. Why? Why does this exist? We don't need it. Nobody asked for it. It's fine. It doesn't bring anything new to the table. If you're a huge Lion King fan or a fan of any of these voice actors, like you you'll probably enjoy it, but don't expect anything new or fresh besides some impressive CGI. Uh it's a C minus C for me, just because when I left, I was like, well. That was kind of a waste cause honestly it was just the same. So, and that's the worst. Like, I feel like that's the biggest insult is when like, I'll go see a transformers film. If, if they do something like kind of new <laughs> or kind of fresh, this, this just felt like not like nothing new was brought to the table here, except for fancy CGI. And you can see that anywhere. So it's a C for me. Meh. It's
0: a bummer. It's a bummer. Um, obviously, movie-going experience is an A+. Plus. Um, I'm somewhat... I feel like I'm somewhat tainted by that. I was a little bit higher than you. I'd say this is probably like a C+, plus, B-, minus. it's somewhere in there. Like, it's still good. It's not nearly as good as the original. There's a lot lacking. It's frustrating that it's a shot-for-shot shot remake. But yeah, I mean like
1: you said some it of the is, casting It's choices still are the fris- Lion King. That's right. It's still the Lion King. So it's it's still pretty great, but I just right. I'm more frustrated with like the fact we don't need this. That's more what I'm right. frustrated with.
0: Take that 260 million, make what, 10 mid-budget films? And or put uh, that money
1: like into Star Wars and make it better. Like I I don't know.
0: <laughs> Whoa. Make it better. I'm we got issues saying. with Star Wars now.
1: No, I'm just saying, like that's 260 million dollars that could have gone to something else. Like we to somebody Lion, other than the, the
0: showrunners of Game of Thrones.
1: Yeah, The Lion King is perfect. <laughs> like, why do we have to remake it worse?
0: Well, we do have uh, another John Favreau project coming out this year, which is impressive. If you just look at it from, he had a cooking reality TV show come out this year, which called is chef something
1: yeah it's not really uh, worth your time
0: he had this and then he has the mandalorian coming out in november or december which i am Disney+. excited about as well so that's all we have for our review of lion king jake why don't you start us off for content of the week
1: all right i got uh, i got two things for you so on hulu currently right now you can go watch maybe One of the best documentaries I've ever seen, Apollo 11. It is incredible. It is basically a bunch of restored 70 millimeter film footage from NASA, just telling the story of the Apollo 11 mission with all original audio tapes. There's no like narration or anything. It is just the people that made it happen doing their jobs. And it is incredible. I think, honestly, this might be one of the best arguments for the continuing use of film as a medium. Um, The fact that the images look as good as they do, and these images are 50 years old, is incredible. It is also the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 mission. So go celebrate one of the greatest achievements ever in mankind by watching this incredible documentary on Hulu. On a much less serious and different note, a <laughs> um a guy that I've met a couple times is kind of blowing up on YouTube right now. His name is Mark Rebillet, uh, M A R C R E B Rebillet I um, L <laughs> L E T, and basically he does like live musical loop improv performances and they are incredible they are incredibly not okay for children to listen to but he is hysterical so talented so fun um he's just totally different than anything else i've ever seen he's a creative inspiration go check this guy out he is a ham you'll love him cameron what are your recommendations
0: uh, so my recommendation this week is going to be, uh, there's a series that Amazon puts out um, every year called All or Nothing, and it follows a football team. They did a season on the Cardinals, they did a season on the Rams, and they did a season last year on the Cowboys, which wasn't as good. Um, this they year did a did- season on Man
1: City, the
0: uh, EPL team. They did a season on Man City. Uh, they did a season on the All Blacks, which is my, in my opinion is the best season. The All Blacks, the New Zealand rugby team. And then uh, University of Michigan football with John or Jim Harbaugh, whichever Harbaugh that is. Um, this year they did the Carolina Panthers. I'm a couple episodes in, and it's back to being very good. Hmm. So All or Nothing on Amazon Prime. Um, and then piggybacking off of Jake's uh, Apollo 11 recommendation, I would recommend They Shall Not Grow Old which is the yes. Peter Jackson uh, documentary where he restores black and white footage into color. And um, it's pretty incredible. I, you know, along the same lines of, I think Apollo 11 from what I hear. And so, uh, Yeah. Oh, I
1: I have one more recommend. Can I I take Trevor's spot? Yes. Oh, of
0: course. Okay.
1: So, on the YouTube recommends. So, there is a YouTube channel called Corridor Digital. They do incredible short films. Uh, It's a group of VFX artists. They're awesome. Well, they have another YouTube channel called Corridor Crew and they've been putting together a series of um, VFX artists react, stuntmen react, and it's it's them, their company, incredibly talented professionals in LA making films, reacting to the VFX work, the stunt work done in famous TV shows or movies and explaining what is going on, what went wrong, how it could have been better. And if you're interested in all, if you're interested at all in like how movie magic is made, you will love these these little series, these little videos that they do. Super informative. Um, gives you way more respect behind the process of what's happening. And they're just really funny guys. Really cool guys. They make great work. Check them out. Um, I think something like The Lion King being a CGI fest and it being as good as it is. Like if you like that kind of stuff, you will like what these guys are talking about and you'll learn a lot
0: nice alright well that's all we have for this week's episode we'll be back next week with a new episode or we'll be back sometime with a new episode see (laughs) we're keeping it chill if you've enjoyed listening to us please go to iTunes or Spotify, subscribe, rate, review us share us with your friends and family if they didn't like Lion King tell them to come listen to us so they can be a part of the conversation if you want to know more about us you can go to our website at popcornoptional.com if you want to interact with us Best place to do that is on Twitter at Popcorn Optional. My name is Cameron Salina. You can find me on Twitter at 321 Cami Time or on the movie social media app, Letterboxd, at C Slenina. Jake, where can we find you online?
1: You can find me at jakebrown.tv. That is my website and my Instagram. And I think you can find Trevor at TurboTrevor on basically everything, mostly the Twitter and the Letterboxd.
0: Got that good branding. <laughs> In the words of Truman Burbank, if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Bye.